Hey, what's up, everyone? It is Thursday, March 24, 2022, and welcome to a special edition of the Now Mind You podcast. I'm TJ. I'm Matt. And today we will be doing another movie review, this time of Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, directed by Sung Hoo Park. Hopefully I didn't butcher that name, who also directed uh, The God of High School and a few Jujutsu Kaisen episodes. Uh, we had the cinematographer in Tepe Ito, character designer, Tadashi Hiramatsu, and the key animator, Benjamin Four. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, writers, of course, Gege Akutami for the manga side and Hiroshi Seko for the screenplay. Now let's get into the summary. Matt, you want to take the summary away? Spoiler free? Nah. Big spoiler, dog. Hey, hey, hold, okay. Big spoiler. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There will be spoilers in this. There will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Let me give the spoiler-free summary before Matt ruins everybody's dreams. <laughs> All right. uh, I don't see how we reviewing it and give, going spoiler-free. You can, give, you can give a spoiler-free summary, homie. Hold the chill. <laughs> like, chill. I'm not capable of it. <laughs> chill. All right. High-level spoiler-free summary. This movie takes place uh, before the events of season one, as I'm sure you can surmise. Uh, Yuta Okotsu is our protagonist. And basically, this dude has been cursed his whole life. And he gets brought into Jujutsu High by Gojo so he can figure out what's going on with this curse. And we see his evolution from, I don't want to live anymore if it means I'm hurting people because I'm cursed to, you know, becoming one of one of the best protagonists, uh, essentially, right? That's like kind of the high level summary, like Yuda going from like suicidal thoughts to wanting to fight and save his friends. That's that's your spoiler-free summary. And again, this is a prequel. That's basically what this movie is about. Uh, Matt, uh, the, the uh, release the gate, bro. Re- release the floodgates. Do what you got to do, Playboy. I'm going to open the spoiler gates. I'm going to open all eight spoiler hey, gates. do what you got to do, Playboy. Free. <laughs> <laughs> so Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, as TJ just said, is uh, the prequel series to Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially what we get here is we're introduced to Yuta Okotsu, who's our main protagonist for the duration of this series. Mm-hmm. And um, Yuta is cursed. Yuta is, has a cursed spirit around him named Rika. Now, the reason that Rika is even with him in the first place is Rika was a child that he befriended when he too was a kid. When they were uh, both uh, hospitalized, if I recall correctly. Yep, he first met her as they were both uh, hospitalized. Yuta was kind of sickly as a child, also Mm -hmm. so was she. And they kind of formed a bond while they were in the hospital and became friends. Correct. Through them becoming friends, you know, that results in them hanging out outside of the hospital eventually and things like that. And in in pretty innocent fashion, um, Rika pops up with a ring and is like, hey, you know, we're everything is so good with us. Things are so cool. We should get married. Um, now your boy Yuta is a damn nerd, but also a child. So he definitely did not understand what she was talking about. Um, she was trying to throw some real commitment on this man at an early age. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, so not to cut you off, but like my girlfriend, when we, when we were watching it, she was like, that's weird. (laughs) I was like, it's like, yeah, a little bit, but I think, I think you can almost equate it to kids playing house because that happens sometimes, but also, like you're saying, the vibes coming off of the the gravity in that scene, I think she really mm-hmm. was trying to put some commitment at that, like basically lock it down early. Um, yeah, she 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 knew what time it was. Um, right. 
so you know she just she threw that energy on him and he was like yeah i guess so that's cool mm-hmm. um unfortunately right after that she gets the yu yu show treatment and she gets hit by a car um, I, I know this man did not just say. <laughs> I'm just, that's what happened. <laughs> I know this man did not just say. Oh, uh, and so after Rika gets hit by a car, Yuta is like obviously still a child and he's freaking out. And he keeps asking, like, please don't die, please don't die, please don't die. And then what what he doesn't know at the time is her in the form of a cursed spirit. She comes out of the ground and she pursues him from that day forward because there was the promise that he made to her that they would get married and all of that when they were kids. So with that being said, Yuta is now cursed. Unbeknownst to Yuta, this curse is never going to leave him Um, to the point that he tries to isolate himself completely. And when he's put up for execution, he's all for it. He's like, go ahead, take me out. Like, this is too much. To the point that he had even himself at one point attempted to commit suicide and it did not work. The right. curse would not allow him to low, kill himself. Loki on some incredible Hulk shit. And it was like, man, spit it out. She said, no, it won't be any of that. Right. Um, and with that being said, he finds himself at Jujutsu High. Now, the curse spirit Rika, unbeknownst to him, is a special grade curse. Not just any special grade curse a curse that they say could possibly rival uh, Gojo and that we will eventually find out rivals another curse, but that doesn't have anything to do with this movie. So I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately what we get is we see a little bit of the first mission that he gets to run. And what we also find out is a former, uh, what would you call him? A teammate classmate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a former teammate slash classmate um, of Gojo's named TJ, because I don't want to Suguru Ghetto. Suguru Ghetto. He decides to reappear. Now, up until this point, he's been, I guess you could say missing. No one thought he was dead. At least Gojo didn't think he was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had been pretty much MIA. Now, Suguru Ghetto is an extremely powerful sorcerer and curse user as well. Um, to the point that he was part of a two-man team with Gojo. They mm-hmm. were sent, they were basically what went to go bump what went bump in the night, if you feel what I'm coming from. <laughs> basically, they was yeah. they were the people you didn't want to see those two guys. You know, they were the saying? John Wicks of the jiu-jitsu world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, you know, so at one point or another, again, that's not in this movie, their partnership is dissolved. And when we see Suguru Ghetto again, he is now currently of the thought that the only people that should live are sorcerers and people that can, you know, that are curse sensitive, I'll call it, mm-hmm. and things like that. And that is something that directly opposes Gojo as well as the entire nature of Jujutsu High and just, you know, all of the protagonists in general. Um. Once Gojo convinces Yuta that he probably shouldn't die and he has to run his first mission, he gets a, can- gets a chance to actually make his first set of friends, which is um, the class that Gojo puts him in with Panda, Maki, and um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Inomaki. And Inomaki. Also first years at this Also stage. first years, just like Gojo at this point. So, I mean, just not Gojo, just like Yuta at yeah. this point. Yep, yep, yep. Um, 
so they run their first mission and it's the first time that we get to see Rika in action. When he's first introduced to these people, they're all up in arms, ready to attack him because of the curse. And you have to understand, Yuta knows nothing. He mm-hmm. has zero understanding of the curses, curse energy, all of that. And after they run their first mission and Yuta is the one that saves the day with the help of Rika, he makes the decision that he's going to find a way to free Rika from this curse form. Mm-hmm. Um, when Suguru Ghetto enters the chat, he decides that he probably should take that curse off of Yuta, even though that means he's going to kill him. Awesome. Like, run that run that curse by me real quick, playboy. Basically, he want him to run the curse. He want him to come off it. Yeah. And um, they essentially get sent on another mission that Suguru appears on, and a melee essentially ensues at that point where... Uh, were you about to say something, TJ? Oh, no, I was going to say it in the sense that uh, that mission that they were on, that was the one with uh, him and Inumaki, right? Like, this yeah. is a mission that Inumaki is normally sent out to, that he could clear himself, right? Like, Yudo is so more like on, like, some, like, assistant type stuff, mm-hmm. like, like, shadowing, like, internship, apprenticeship vibes, right? Um, right. But again, it was, like, essentially a low-level thing, and you see... Inumaki does clear out the low-level uh, curses like that, right? Uh, Inumaki's power, easily. he's got that cursed speech, and uh, as a result of him having that cursed speech, like, anytime he uses it, he instantly gets feedback in his voice, and because of that, that's the reason why you always see him, like, instead of saying words, he's saying ingredients for, like, sushi, right? Like, he'll mm-hmm. be like, shake or, or, you know, salmon roe or whatever, right? Or, or, like, bonito flakes or something like that. Like, yeah, his speech he basically, is so powerful. Anything he says can come to pass. He's basically basically Black Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. To a degree. He's like cursed Black Bolt. So yes. whatever he says is what manifests. If he says, get crushed, you will be crushed. I mean, Black Nothing Bolt can still kind of kind of whisper, but it's got to be like a low whisper. Anyway. Yeah. Black Bolt is just the power of his voice. Yeah. He just has strength in there. But yes. it, at any rate. Right. Suguru shows up on this mission and... This is when he decides to enact his plan. Asuguru has his own team of guys and um, the melee breaks out. And what starts out is Suguru realizes he needs to get Yuta to draw out Rika so he can try to separate the two of them. And what he does in his initial attempt um, is first he kind of tries to get him to bring her out. He's not doing it. And so... In, in very, and I'm sure you're going to touch on this too, in very Frieza-like fashion, he decides to give him a little motivation. And that motivation was hurting Inomaki and Maki directly in front of him. Now, these being Yuta's first friends, this really enrages him. And the only thing he can think to do is summon Rika, which is exactly what uh, Suguru wanted him to do in the first place, or right. so Suguru thinks. And what he realizes is, and what we all kind of realize, even as uh, as the people watching the movie, as the audience, is that Rika's connection to Yuta is not as simple as just she's just a curse. She feels what he feels. If he's angry, she's pissed. Right. And she'll go after it. Rika's kind of horrifying as well in terms of just how she does things. Like even in the movie, they added some stuff from the manga. Well, they kind of added some stuff to the manga where when we see Rika do her her first real appearance and she busts them out of that monster. Yeah, it was it was violent. Yeah, she's like in the manga, she's just like the blood is on her hand. She's like, oh, I like red. Let's try to find blue. And then in the movie, she's just like, I'm so pretty. 
Yeah. Look at me so pretty with all this blood on me. And I was like, was oh like, my God. Yeah. yeah. Real fear. Yeah. Um, what ends up happening is Suguru slowly starts to realize that Yuta and Rika were a little bit more than what he thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a little harder than he thinks. Um, especially because Yuta finds a way, not even finds a way, but Yuta essentially aligns his emotions and things like that with Rika. He kind of learns how to control Rika. And through that, he becomes infinitely more dangerous. Right. Um, there's a little bit of a battle that takes place between Yuta and Suguru, and Suguru is really trying to push Yuta to get more upset, lose control, because his belief is that if the control is lost, he'll be able to take Rika from, you know, Yuta. Mm-hmm. All the while, you're sitting there wondering, well, damn, where's Gojo? Gojo and some of the other higher level curse users are all taking care of Suguru's partners, while the other people that were with Yuta are pretty much out of the game. I mean, uh, like, this was, like, what, the night of 100 curses or something like that? Uh, yeah. I think it was, it was taking place during Christmas. Mm-hmm. Am I tripping, right? No, it was, like, Christmas or Christmas Eve. Yeah, the night and of 100 curses. Night um, of 100 curses. Out in and Tokyo, you got basically uh, the Tokyo Jujutsu High School campus and the Kyoto Jujutsu High School campus both working mm-hmm. on basically shutting down this distraction that Suguru had set up. Yeah, so everybody's pretty much at work. And what ends up happening is Yuta ends up getting in a, a face-off with Suguru. Mm-hmm. And Suguru, I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of going through, going through the review a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. what, faces, what ends up is Suguru, through his struggle with Yuta, realizes he's going to have to pull out the big gun. Mm-hmm. He's going to need it at this point because Yuta has essentially become too much of a problem. And even... Whatever curse spirit he shows up that he pulls out, whatever curse thing he does, Rika has the answer for it. And we pretty much find out Rika is a nearly limitless supply of cursed energy, mm-hmm. especially for Yuta. Rika is, in fact, the queen of all curses, we learn. And Gojo, uh, not Gojo, see there, uh, Suguru attempts to use a technique aptly named Uzumaki and what Yuta does in that moment is he completely gives himself over to Rika and he tells her, Hey, you know, thank you for loving me and all of that. All I need for you to do is give me the last of your energy and I'll be with you forever. I won't right. fight it. Right. We then see Yuta, we then see Rika going to a three times as terrifying form mm-hmm. and open an eye <laughs> that no one was even aware that she had. Right. And lets off the most anime level blast with the ball forming in front of the mouth and they had a final you know final blast Mm -hmm. turns out that Suguru did not die in that blast he's kind of on some like Ultron shit like there's one little bit of him left Mm -hmm. however he runs into Gojo Gojo tries to talk to him from one last time hey man you know just can't be like this and he's like I am this so Uh, ultimately Gozo does what needs to be done and um, Yuta discovers that he was the one that cursed Rika Mm -hmm. that Rika became the curse because he didn't want her to die Uh, we also find out that Yuta 
is through some strand of luck, plot armor, whatever, he's related to Gojo. They are both descendants of uh, Sugawara Michizane, who is considered right. like one of the big three vengeful spirits and like basically like one of the most powerful beings to ever exist in the Jujutsu sorcerer world. Um, yep. Which would explain why as a child, he was able to just curse Rika. And he cursed Rika by saying, please don't, don't die. die. Because yes. he didn't want her to die, him being a child, seeing somebody die right in front of him. He Very inadvertently, <laughs> Yeah, he was traumatized. And through his trauma, he inadvertently cursed this girl. Mm-hmm. And um, he's able to relieve her of the curse, pretty much apologizing for what happened. And she tells him, no, don't worry about it. This has been the happiest six years of her life. Um and that she wasn't worried about it anymore. And where we leave off, we leave off at the end of the movie with, you know, her spirit is able to pass on. And essentially what we get is something we don't get very often is a, a happy ending. Yeah. Um, at least at this point. And we see later on that Yuta has gone off to train overseas. With Miguel. With Miguel, which we find out later on, he's in Africa with Miguel. But mm-hmm. Yuta ends up leaving. He's going to train overseas. Meanwhile, what, what is, what's the guy's name? Itamaki? Itagaki? Uh, Inumaki? Inumaki, Maki, and Panda all stay behind. Mm-hmm. And Yuta leaves, but he still has the ring. So we're left to see what's going to become of Yuta. Yes. Um, which if you follow the podcast, if you follow the manga that we follow, if you you're reading Jujutsu Kaisen, you know what time it is. But overall, the movie covered all four of the chapters of Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. I felt like pretty faithfully covered it. Mm-hmm. And overall, I thought the movie was really good. TJ, what jump in here? What were your um, thoughts on the movie? What was some good and some what was what were the things that you enjoyed? I'm going to just kind of read off my notes, but I will say right off the beginning, they kind of set the tone Uh, before you even get introduced to the Jujutsu High campus, which, by the way, the animation and the blend of the CGI with the 2D was just beautiful. Uh, Studio Mappa, shout out to you. Beautiful job as always. Um, But like you read the manga and then you see it animated and colorized. But that initial opening scene where Yuda's getting bullied and he's like pleading with these bullies to just stay back, not get any closer. And then it cuts to blood like pouring out of a locker and kind of getting to Yuda's feet. And then the locker opens up and you just see basically a face with the skin ripped off. It's like, it just lets you know, this is no kids movie. Although this is a series that is in Shonen Jump, but it lets you know that, okay, if you're watching this with your kids, don't. Um, real terror, bro. Yeah, like this is this is this is definitely in the horror genre. Now, yeah, and as Matt pointed out earlier too, like this scene where Rika is fully manifested for the first time is just amazing. I really appreciated like how they did in the manga, like the timestamps, the significant events, uh, like such and such date and time. Rika oh, Rika Orimatsu manifested for such and such minutes, right? Like 122 seconds. Right, like, you know I mean? It was just like, there was so much good in here. Now, that being said, before I even go to more of my review, you had to have either watched season one or have read the manga up to the latest chapters to truly understand the full context here, right? So you had to at least have read Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. 
But the reason why I also refer to the manga is there is a whole arc in the manga that delves into Gojo and Suguru's past. And not just Gojo and Suguru. Like some of the the women you saw fighting, like I forget her name, but the one who wields like the axe slash scythe, like mm-hmm. you see how they're she's related to Gojo and Suguru. Um, I think her name is Irie, the the one who was like the um, the uh, the jujutsu tech uh, head doctor or whatever, the one who was healing everyone during the whole uh, night of a hundred uh, sp- uh, cursed spirits or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she it like go it, uh, goes way back with them too, you know. So. In order to get the full context and the full grasp of all that, you had to have read the source material. Now, that being said, I brought my girlfriend to go see this. She had zero context on it, and she was totally able to enjoy the movie and appreciate it for what it's worth. Because whether you had the context or not, what was the overall theme? It was kind of opposite of Mashiba uh, from Hajime no Ippo in that it's Yuta learning to accept himself, going from rejecting himself to being able to accept himself from him going from suicidal thoughts to, man, I want to just be able to protect my friends. Like he even says, like, in order to protect my friends, I must kill you. He says that to Ghetto. Also, another thing that I thought was crazy, and this is something that, you know, you read in the manga, but you saw it, but you you really saw it here too. There was a point during Yuda's training phase where Maki, Panda, Inumaki, even Gojo didn't really have any answers for him as to like how mm-hmm. he can take it to the next level with Rika. He was low-key on some Broly in a DBS Broly movie vibes where he was learning as he went and it was truly like into now it could also be attributed to him being a descendant to like one of the greatest sorcerers of all time. But there was mm-hmm. something in his innate ability in him learning through battle that was crazy. Like even that first uh <clears throat> battle where Suguru Geto like sabotaged the mall right he brought out one of his curses out to, to to kind of sabotage and basically for him to get a sense of what Yuda's capabilities are even though Yuda never drew out Rika in that sense but it's like Yuda's innate ability to kind of learn on the job was just astronomical right um it was it was it was great and all right now let me get a little bit more into my notes right uh, I want to just highlight something too. And this is something I see in Jujutsu Kaisen, but also in Tokyo Avengers, man, which is an unrelated series. But the drip, I mean, Yuta's <laughs> outfit, bro. I'm a fan. The Chucks keeping it simple, black pants and that like coat thing he has, that white coat thing is like, was he meant to be that drippy? I don't know, but it, I like it. Um, and of course, it was cool seeing like Gojo, Maki, Panda, Inumaki, especially Maki before she turns into like what she is now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kyoto school, dude, that scene where they're like, where's Toto? And Toto's literally just being told, he's like, listen, we got to hurry this up. The what's her, the the idol that I like to watch on TV, she's going to be on this talk show at 8 p.m. Japanese Central Standard Time. I don't know. Right? He's like, I don't have no time for these games. Hurry these this up, right? Like, like Toto is being full Toto. And fun fact for those of you who are a fan of the Source Material, this is the night where he becomes a legend, right? Like when Mm -hmm. the inter school tournament was talked about, and like his name comes up as like that one uh, first year, second year who like took out, who uses like curse techniques to take out this one enemy. Like that was that night. That was that event. Uh, He was basically Mm -hmm. fighting a titan. Um, yeah, and it was it was really cool for them to add that fan service into the yes. into the movie because oh one hundred percent the additions that they added to the movie that were not in the manga were nothing that distract 
detract or take away from the movie at all. Everything exactly. they did, I felt enhanced uh, the movie. Exactly. And I will add to another thing that was funny that I found really funny is no one, even Gojo bothers to explain the significance Panda. of, well, Panda for one, but also the significance of you being a special grade. Like he, they never tell him really like Maki whispers it. And Maki's like super tsundere, I believe is a trope, right? With, mm-hmm. uh, with, 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 with Yuta the whole time. Like she obviously likes him, but the way her character is built, it's not, she'll never admit to it directly. You know, she'll do that whole blushing and then like roast him a little bit or punch him, push him away, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Panda too. Uh, it was cool to see Panda's gorilla form. But Ooh. I don't think that I don't think they brought out no, they didn't bring out his third form either. Um, because if you know, you know. Um one thing I wanted out one thing I, I didn't expect out of the movie was for Yuda's voice to be as high as it was. I guess it makes sense in terms of the vibe that they were trying to give him, but I, I kind of wanted his voice to be slightly deeper, uh, not that effeminate, if it makes sense. Um but that's that's not uncommon in anime. Let's be real; it's not uncommon at all, especially for characters uh, at a younger phase of their life. Right, right. Um, bro, the scene where he tells Rika that he loves her, and Ooh. her eye opens up—that was that was scary. <laughs> like this is true love. I'm like, sir, I am scared. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, it was. It, I I like legit forgot that she had an eye. <laughs> like that's I how did long too. ago. I read Zero and I was like, oh, wow, that's right. She did have an eye under there. Um, can't forget that Suguru was on some Frieza shit with his whole calling humans monkeys. We got to point that out. We, oh, we got man. to. Bro was wild and he, he was, was tripping. Just, yeah. Um, and no, like, I'd say the only thing that could be a pitfall if they're concerned about the global box office, right, mm-hmm. is if the casual person comes in to watch this, right, they're not going to know the full context and thus truly appreciate the movie. Or if they were trying to cater to the casual, they'd have to take some type of artistic license that would make the super fans or even just the regular fans hate the movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I was talking with Matt about this before we started recording. It's like they know exactly who they're catering to. They're banking on the fact that you have watched at least the first season of the anime let alone the manga, right, to be able to appreciate this film. And obviously this thing is crushing it on the Japanese box office, right? Um, yeah. And let and- me just say this. The the other thing that you really have to also understand is um, this movie is a prequel. Right. So if you haven't even watched Jujutsu Kaisen, you can watch this and then watch Jujutsu Kaisen. That is now, true. Granted, it, it will throw you off a little bit going from this to Jujutsu Kaisen, bit, but it'll make what'll sense. happen is you'll see everything because at the end of the day, like Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is kind of essential to Jujutsu Kaisen, especially if you're right. reading it in present time, then everything that's in this movie is very relevant. But even if it, if you are going to watch this before even watching the show, it will all eventually make sense. Nothing comes together in chapter one. Oh you know my what goodness. I'm saying? Yes. And before I forget, too, I got to give a shout out to uh, one, Gojo piecing up Miguel. Also, oh go, that God. scene where Gojo uh, sent Panda and Inumaki over to uh, 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 Maki, right, to go mm-hmm. stop Suguru because he figured out what the, the whole plot was. And he just mm-hmm. teleported them. 
crazy. Left the crater in the asphalt. And then when he pieced up Miguel, that animation was crazy. Dude. I was just like, yo. Yeah, and all then, of the, the extra stuff they added was fantastic. Hold Go on, ahead. hold on. And then when my boy Nanami clocked in for some overtime, Woo. my guy, that was, dude, I'll listen. I'm, I'm speechless, but it was like, Nanami was just like, oh, all right, let me just clock and get this overtime real quick and went to work. Yeah, man. Listen, went crazy. He, he took his time, his tie, his business tie is a curse tool. You know, he like started black flashing, using his like blunt sword knife thing, like causing damage left and right. That was beautifully animated. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, man. Do you have anything you want to add, Matt, before we go into the ratings? Um, I just wanted to piggyback a little bit on what you said about um, the mixture of CGI. Yeah. Um, I thought the mixture of CGI in this movie was done very well. It was they, not super obvious. No, it's not. There's they, they do it in so many moments where they blend it in, mm-hmm. where you, like you said, you kind of don't necessarily realize it's happening. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times with those Gojo scenes, it was happening. Half the times that we were seeing Rika, it was happening. You right. know what I'm saying? You just kind of right. don't realize it. Um, but the last thing, my final thoughts on it before we give uh, a rating on it overall, are basically, is basically this. Uh, take notes from this movie. Any studio that's out there or whatever, like all fans really, really want like that is just for what they're reading to be adapted in the film. Right. And I was very pleased, you know, not, not giving my review yet, but I mean, not giving my final score on it or whatever at the mm-hmm. end, but. I was very pleased to see the movie give me what I came there for. Exactly. I came there to see Jujutsu Kaisen. I didn't come to see somebody else's expression of it. Mm -hmm. I came to see Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. And I am pleased to say that that's what I saw. And the little animations and additions that they added were all welcome. And they did nothing but enhance the experience. I don't feel like they brought him down in any way or regressed it um, or anything of that nature. And to supplement that too, like to all the movie studios who are listening to us right now, because we know that you are, um, the storyboard's already in the the source material. You don't have Mm -hmm. to imagine it. It's not that, I mean, I'm not discounting the work of the animators, but I'm saying like taking it from the source material to animate, like the source material's got you. That's all I'm gonna say. And fun fact, I remember when I was walking out of the theater, seeing somebody on their phone reading Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, it was it was very true to the source material. All right, now it's time for our rating. All right, well, well how you feeling, TJ? How many how many curses out of five? Is I'm gonna give this it? five curses out of five curses, bro. They didn't miss. They did not miss. I'm gonna agree. I'm not even gonna fight you on this. I, yeah. There's at the end of the day, I enjoyed. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the manga, and I enjoyed the movie even more. Um, yeah. I'm definitely going to purchase this movie upon release. Yeah. There are very few movies I've ever, especially like within this medium, and mm-hmm. I, I know like I'm a huge fan and all that and all, you know, supporting it, but like I'm not buying the movie. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. I only have bought a handful of animated films because I knew I was going to rewatch them and I knew I wanted to rewatch them. No comment from me. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. But I mean, my 
I also, you know, just having access to streaming and things like that. Right. Um, but some stuff I just got to own. And this will be one of the ones I have to own. I think Pretty for everything it. from the animation, um, you know, and just all the voice acting, everything, it, they they hit everything on the head how they were supposed to. So I agree with you, TJ. I give Jusu Kaisen Zero five curses out of five. Well, y'all. That's going to do it. If you made it this far, you listened to the spoilers and everything and you haven't seen it, go see it. You'll still be able to enjoy this. And uh, thank you for listening to this special episode, this movie review of Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Uh, Matt, you care to wrap us up, man? Yeah, man. Thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, You can always find us on any of your preferred podcast platforms. Just look up the Now Mind You podcast. You can find mm-hmm. us here on YouTube, Now Mind You pod, like, share, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on any social media, pretty much. Matt Hambrick, M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C. TJ? On Instagram, at Tuss4 underscore skate. That's T-U-S-S number four underscore S-K-A-T-E. Yep. And if you're looking for us, uh, generally on social media, just look up now. Mind you, pod. We yep. will not be hard to find. No, we will not. Uh, we got Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you name. It, we're probably there. Just look for us. You'll find us. Your grandma's bingo game, bro. Pulling you gotta up. leave the mom. <laughs> <It's> like... Anyway, <laughs> on that note, y'all. Thank you so much. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace out. Yeah.